guys, Killstokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Thank you as always for joining. Today we're going to talk a little bit about personal finance. This comes from an article I just read, which I'm going to read to you guys in a little bit. Also came up in a podcast interview I just did. Man, I can't wait for, it's a podcast interview, not for my podcast, for someone else, but man, we had a, a great conversation on reality versus expectations to the point where, you know, I'm getting goosebumps because we were talking about just how historic of a time 2020 has been, not in the, the negative sense, it's been historic negatively, of course, but as far as opportunity in the market and being able to take advantage of really a, a, a time where you can start creating generational wealth and, and stuff like that is pretty rare. Um, but there's been a lot on my mind lately about personal finance and, and it started really, um, pardon me, I hear my kids in the background, but it started with um, really a conversation I had with a friend of mine the other day. It was actually a student that I coach um, over at the university and she's a senior and she was talking about how, you know, she has some extra time for classes and one of the classes that she decided to take was going to be personal finance. And she's a psychology major. I'm like, well, why are you taking a personal finance class? And she says, well, you know, I was never taught about this stuff. My mom never taught me, school never taught me. And I just want to be in a position where once I graduate from college and I go ahead and get a job, I, I can get started on the right track. And I was very happy to hear that, as you can imagine. You guys kind of know my, my theory on personal finance. It needs to be talked about more. It needs to be talked about more in school. It needs to be talked about more by by parents and and maybe parents don't know about it because they were never talked about it in school. But it, it's it's kind of the the epicenter of most of what's negative um, in the world. We'll get into that into a little bit. Um, but it was cool to see her taking steps to work on it because so many people just don't even care. And I read this article by, um, it was on, I think it was CNBC, and the title was Mark Cuban says, every household in America should receive a $1,000 stimulus check every two weeks for the next two months. And it says, with around 13 million Americans unemployed and thousands of businesses permanently closed across the U.S., experts warn that more stimulus will be needed for economic recovery amid the ongoing pandemic. However, Congress is at an impasse, and it looks unlikely that a deal on another stimulus package will happen anytime soon. But we need it as much now as we did back then at the start of the pandemic, uh, Mark Cuban said. Um, he said, Cuban says that there are two economies or two sets of realities right now. One for those able to stay afloat and one for those unable to. Those without help are struggling badly, he says. We need to get them help. To provide that help, Cuban supports more stimulus checks being dispersed, he says. Cuban says that American households, no matter their income level, should receive $1,000 stimulus checks every two weeks for the next two months. He proposed the same idea in May, and he says, I still believe in doing the exact same thing today. Additionally, families would have to spend each check within 10 days or they would lose the money, Cuban says. He believes this use it or lose it approach would be beneficial because it would promote spending, which would help businesses stay open and stimulate the economy. I don't care what they spend it on, Cuban said a radio uh, told a radio station in May. It could be candy, it could be rent, it could be their mortgage, it could be anything they deem necessary or they want. Without mandating the money be spent within 10 days of receiving it, Cuban believes that many Americans will save it. People are uncertain about their future, so rather than spending, they save, he says. 
He has a point. Many Americans have been saving more during the pandemic than ever. In April, the personal savings rate hit a record high, according to the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis. With Cuban's plan, the whole goal is to get that money every two weeks into the economy, he says. Once businesses start having demand, even if they're closed and working online, then there is a reason for them to be able to bring back employees and retain those employees if demand is sustained. Cuban acknowledges that the plan will be costly. There is certainly a lot of risk in this use-it-or-lose-it approach, he says, but it will allow for demand for non-essential products and services to increase, hopefully keeping most businesses alive. Now, that's about half the article, but it gets across the point that I want to talk about. And I think, first and foremost, a lot of people don't understand this part of boosting and growing the economy. I remember asking a question either on Twitter or Instagram um, at the very beginning of the, the, the whole COVID experience um, in March or April, asking, you know, hey, when you get your stimulus check, what are you likely to do with it? And the majority, the overwhelming majority of people said, I'm likely to save it. And what's interesting is I think like we have things backwards. From a from a financial perspective, we we are doing things backwards. And it's 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 again, it stems with not knowing, not understanding personal finances, not being taught. We're doing things backwards in the sense of this, right? If we weren't in a pandemic, right? Or let, 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 let's even, let's take a step back. Let's, let's go to this. The other day, Jason Greystone, um, who has um, a program called Tears of Freedom, right? Always free podcast where he's, he's teaching you almost everything you need to know about becoming financially stable, financially healthy wealth creation. He put out a post the other day that says, my rule of money, number three. Keep your DTIs, your, your debt to income ratio, below 10%. Add up your monthly debt, divide by your monthly income, and multiply by 100. This percentage should be below 10% in order to uh, feel free and nimble. I love the, love the use of the word nimble. It's an underused word. This figure will be directly correlated to your emotional state and your feeling of prosperity. So I'll say it again. Basically, Monthly debt divided by monthly income times 100 equals your DTI ratio, your debt to income ratio, right? The less, the, the, the better the position you are in, the better you will feel emotionally. And that goes back to fulfilling your basic needs and whatnot. You probably heard me talk about that in a, another podcast that might have come out before this or after it. I haven't scheduled it yet, but you'll hear it eventually if, you, if you're consuming the Trading Coach podcast three times a week, as you should. But there's a little graph underneath this, this thing where it says, well, here are your percentages, right? So if you're under 10%, you're graded as excellent. You are the best. 10% to 20%, very good. 20% to 30%, leveraged. 30% to 40%, this is where it goes from kind of a bright green to like a brownish type of color. 30% to 40% cautious or caution, 40% to 50%, you're stretched, 50% to 75%, this is where it's turned to red, you're stressed, 75% to 100%, you work for the bank, over 100% enslaved, bright red. And again, the epicenter of this whole situation is that in general, people don't have this aspect under control. 
in general, people are enslaved or stressed. They're not in a financially healthy situation. And again, that carries over to their their psychological and emotional situation as well because they're not doing the right things with money. In, in a normal circumstance, right, when they're getting money, what do you think the first thing people do with it is? In a normal circumstance, let's, let's not talk about the pandemic and this, this fear, this, this, this over kind of scared state. In a normal circumstance, if I gave you $1,000, what are people doing? Are, are, they, are they spending it responsibly when things are okay, when they're not in danger, right? They're not in a financial good situation, but they're not in, they have a job and whatnot. No, they're, they're, they're going to spend it right away. Because most people are living backwards. Most people are living check to check, meaning that they're spending money, whether it's a credit card or cash, and then they're saying, well, I'm gonna spend it, but I'm gonna make it up later, right? I don't have this thousand, I don't have this hundred dollars to spend on this pair of sneakers, but I'm gonna buy it first. And then once I work, two weeks later, I'll get the money back to replace it, right? And that's what they tell themselves, but in reality, they keep doing that with more and more things, and they're never making that money back. They're getting deeper and deeper into a hole. Also, because guess what? When you use a credit card, what are you being charged? Interest, right? So the more debt you have on your credit card, the more interest you're being charged, which is the bigger credit card bill you have. So although you think you're replacing the $100 that you spent on sneakers, you're not actually doing it because you have an interest charge that goes with that. So it's just a, it's a slow bleed until before you know it, you're $10,000 in debt and now you can't get yourself out of the hole. So people are, are where they should be saving and, and, and putting themselves in a, a, a good DTI ratio to begin with, they're recklessly spending because there's no fear, there's no panic, there's no pandemic. It's like, ah, oh, just make it tomorrow. It's all good, right? However, when we get in a pandemic or we get in a very poor situation, a recession, something of that sort. And now there's that fear of, okay, there's not jobs and I'm, I'm having sh trouble paying for rent. And the government gives you a stimulus check, which is meant to boost the economy, right? That's when people want to do the opposite. And that's when people want to save. And if you guys are new or, or, or uninformed, right, I'll, I'll kind of bring it back to why the, 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 the point of the stimulus check and, and, and how it's supposed to be used is that it's not supposed to be used to put in your pocket. It's not supposed to be used to be put in your savings account, right? It's supposed to be used so you can spend it because here's what happens, right? When you spend money at a store, right? Preferably maybe a local business, right? When you spend money at a local business, right? That local business brings in an income, right? The more people that buy from that local business, for example, the more money that local business can generate, right? The better financial situation that local business is in. If that local business is in a good financial state, they don't have to worry about closing down. Or if they don't have to worry about closing down, they don't have to worry about at least cutting employees, when they don't cut employees, right, now you have more people that are working in the job force, more people that are making money in their own right. Those people that are making money can now support whatever businesses they're doing, they're spending at, and it's a trickle-down effect, right? And eventually, when businesses become more healthy and, and, and more you get more business, you can hire more people and more people have work, and, and you see it's, it's, a, it's just a cycle, right? It's the exact opposite cycle when people don't spend. If you don't spend that business doesn't make money. If that business doesn't make money, they either have to close down or they got to start cutting employees. When they cut employees, those employees no longer have a paycheck. So they can't go out and spend at the businesses that they would usually spend at. And then those businesses struggle and everything gets worse. So it's, it's very interesting that we do the opposite. We save when we should be spending. 
yet we spend when we should be saving. And I'm not saying it's wrong to save, right? I'm not saying it's wrong to save. If, if you are in a situation right now where you are in financial difficulty, hell yeah, you should be saving it. You have to, right? You have to be selfish and save it for your rent or, or, or whatnot. But it starts with the general fact that if we were in a if we were in a, a healthier financial state to begin with, right? If you had a very low debt to income ratio and you put yourself in a position where you had a financial cushion, you had a financial buffer where and this is this is jobs or personal and you put yourself in a position where like, hey, maybe you get laid off, but you've been smart with your money and you know you can survive a year. You know you can survive a year with no paycheck, right? If more of us were in that position to begin with, especially businesses, that's the one thing that shocked me about this, the COVID experience is how many businesses folded so quickly. You would think these these million dollar businesses would have financial buffers where they can continue to operate even if they had two months of no income, but maybe they're no better than us. Um, but if we had that side of things down first, it wouldn't be so hard to jumpstart this process. And it all starts with where we started this podcast with. It all starts with people just aren't financially responsible. And it's because they aren't taught to be financially responsible. So the fact that we aren't being taught this stuff, the fact that nobody tells us and we don't learn it and we can't practice it, that's the reason that we get put in bad positions or poor positions in the first place. Then when we're in poor positions, we can't put ourselves in position to make anything better because we have to be selfish and we have to worry about ourselves first. So I don't know the solution. I you know the solution is teaching in school, but they're, they're not doing that. And I've got all types of conspiracy theories about that. Right. If you if, if you know, it's easy to control people when they're there, they don't know as much, but it's got to start there. And. If you're someone like me, I've got two young kids. If, if you got, you know, kids or, or grandkids or aunts and uncles or cousins, whoever, I think it's your duty, especially if you're someone that is financially knowledgeable, I think it's your duty to go and teach someone. I think it's your duty to explain, to take those kids to the side and, and make fun activities where they learn about money. And I think if you're someone that's not financially responsible, I think it's your duty to learn for yourself. I think it's your, your duty to go on the internet this vast place where you can get every answer that you can, you can imagine. It's your responsibility to go on the internet and start learning for yourself because I'm tired of, I'm tired of making ex excuses, right? I was in a meeting last night where everyone was making an excuse. Everyone was making an excuse and I'm sitting there and I felt sick to my stomach and I'm like, I felt like I was allergic. I was allergic to people making excuses. Like I literally wanted to leave the Zoom meeting. Because everyone was making excuses and everyone was throwing a pity party. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can't do that. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Like, stop whining. Find a solution. And I think we need to do that. We can push blame to the school system. We can push blame to the government or whoever we want to push blame to for not teaching this stuff. But once you're made aware that it's important, what's stopping you from teaching yourself? What's stopping you from going to YouTube right now? What's stopping you from subscribing to the always free podcast by Jason Greystone? Cling. Nice little plug there. And learning. This stuff is free. No excuses. And then once you learn it, pay it forward.
And that's the only way we're going to make valuable change in this world. The only way we're going to make change is if we can continue to know this knowledge, learn this knowledge, pay that knowledge forward, teach the next generation so that they can be in a better situation than we are. And they don't have to go through this whole mess. I'm done.